With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka! This league and cut is underway and on fire! This should be a good one. Friends, thanks for joining us for another edition of This League Uncut. Mark Stein here with Chris Haynes. It is going to be a good one, a special one, because we have a special guest. The official NBA draft expert of this podcast, because at this point in the draft process, we're only talking about one guy, and no one knows Victor Wembanyama better than our guest today. Nicola Batum of the LA Clippers is here to educate us on his countrymen and do a little dunking on Chris Haynes since he told Chris, Chris could have been the number one draft expert in the media if he would have just listened to Monsieur Batum when he told him three, four years ago about this kid. Chris did not heed the advice, and look what's happened now. Look what's happened. I'm pretty sure I was in good company when we heard about uh, Victor three, four years ago. I, I wasn't alone, so I, I don't feel too bad, yeah. but definitely Nick, Nick tried to put me on game years ago. He definitely did. How did you know? How did you know instantly that this kid was going to captivate us all and get us I mean, there will be 58 players instead of the usual 60 drafted on June 22nd, but all anybody's talking about is is the is the French phenom. I mean, he is special. Now, the first time I, I saw that kid, he was 14 years old, was in 2018. I heard about him a little bit, but I didn't really know him. And, uh, you know, when I got like, I mean, I like scouting young guys. I used to go to a different year camp, like watch young guys in your play. I like to do that. I mean, I saw Porzingis at 17, I saw Yanis at 16, 17. Like, all those guys, I saw them, like, at a young age before they got drafted. I like scouting, do stuff like this. But when you when I saw him for the first time, like, I never seen, like, something like this before. He was only 14 years old. He was, like, 6, 10, 6, 11. I saw tall kid at that age, but not moving like this, not dribbling like this. I was like, maybe it's too early to say something. But I start following him, and when he would turn like 15, 16, I was like, oh, God, 
my, this kid might be like different, like literally different to what we've seen before. And he is actually. <laughs> hey, Stein, Nick said the way he described us to be years ago, he was like, nah, he's the next He's the next best thing in the NBA. And I took that as meaning like he's the next best kid from France. He was like, no, no. I'm talking about the next best kid that's going to come to the NBA. He's going to be the face of the NBA. Nick, when you were when you were looking at him, scouting him and, and seeing how he moved, I, I remember when I started hearing little bit little things about him. Like, what did you compare him to? Like what? Who, who was somebody, like, if you're describing him to people that didn't see him, what was the best way that you were able to describe his game? I mean, when I when I start describing, like, what I've seen, like, a couple of years ago, people didn't believe him as, like, like the dude, okay, the easy comparison because he's huge was Rudy because he's a tall guy from France. So it's easy to compare him from France because he loves playing defense. He just was named today Defensive Player of the Year in the French League, too. He was number one in block and Defensive Player of the Year as well. So and he got MVP, too. He got everything. But uh, I'm like, okay, the guy, can you imagine Rudy shooting like Pozingis? That's how I describe him first. Then he had the endos. But now he had the endos now. I was like, okay, because, so can you imagine Rudy as Pozingis and shooting size and the shooting abilities? He was like running like Yanis, but now he can dribble too at 7-4. People are like, yeah, right. Yeah, come on, Nico. It's not too bad. Talk about real life. I'm like, all right, you see. I know it sounds crazy, but it's coming. <laughs> you know, you know him and, and really over here, none of us really do. He's only been in the States. There were the two games in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He, he spent some time training last summer in Dallas, but he wasn't really in public view. So, I mean, we, we've just had so little access to the person. How do you think he's handling all of this attention and all of these expectations? Because look, I think it's, he is the most anticipated draft prospect since LeBron. And to me, that's enough. Like that's just saying that is crazy. But in the last few days, I mean, the projections for him have gone five steps beyond that. How do you think he's going to handle that? I mean, he is blessed and lucky to have a great entourage. He's, I mean, I've known, I've known his family. I know his mom, father, his brother and sister. I've met them a lot of time. His family is great. You know, agent, we have the same agent. We have the same representative. I mean, they're great. I know, like, who's working with him. And uh, the coach he had this year, the coach who coached him this year was the coach who coached me before I got in the NBA. Like who programmed me to be in this league, got me ready to be in the NBA. So I know what he's going through right now, like on daily basis. But he's he's a smart kid. I mean, that's what I'm was shocked like with him when I met him. And uh and me and Tony Parker, we we're on the team with Tony Parker in, in France, Yoli team. And we signed we play he played for us last year. And uh I mean he's been under pressure, but he knows, I mean, he knows who he is. In what he can become and what he has to become. I mean, <laughs> at this point, in what he has to do, like the pressure is going to be crazy, but he knows exactly what he has to do and how he has to do it. And that's what I'm more impressed about him so far. Nick, in covering you, especially your time when I covered you with the Portland Trailblazers, it, it seemed like it was just inevitable at some point 
you would end up with the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. It it just seems like at some point you were going to partner with Tony Parker over there get the play under pop. And I know at times you thought you probably thought the same thing. So what, what was your mind? What what did you think about when San Antonio won the lottery, got the number one pick? And now you know where Victor's headed. I mean, it's like the story, the the thing about the NBA is all about the storytelling. It's like when Dirk was about to retire, of course, Luca's going to end up in the Mavs. <laughs> we all know, like, Luca Doncic was the best big New York stuff. And, like, well, like man, who is going to get him? Of course, going to end up with the Mavs. And like, the next 20 years after Dirk Nowitzki, we all know that. And so when you saw Vic, it's like, yeah, he's going to be a Spurs. <laughs> we all knew that last year already. <laughs> Nick, are you saying the lottery is fixed, Nick? Is that what you allude to? No, it's not, I'm not saying it's fixed. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but the NBA is so crazy about this storytelling stuff, like the destiny of everything. I mean, everything is destiny about this league. And he's going to end up in the end center anyway. So, and that's a perfect lens. I mean, I knew, I, I saw like the Rocket, the Houston Rocket stuff, like, the reaction when the Rockets went number four, then some guys mad about it. But uh, I mean, that's a perfect spot. I mean, Tony left. Tony is the great, greatest French player of all time. He might be, if everything works out with him, be the next best French player of all time. So, and being walking Tony's step after what Tony has done for that franchise, that's a good challenge for him because, okay, Tony got six all star, got four ranks, that is Jersey up there. Do better than him. Beat that. <laughs> do you think French fans, because of Tony, because of Boris Diaw, do you think French basketball fans wanted him to end up in San Antonio? Is that? I'm guessing that's probably a popular landing spot. I think so. As opposed to Detroit or Houston. I think so. Yeah, I think I think like he, he, he said that last night too. I think France are happy because he's going to end up there. I think so. I mean, because what Tony has done there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Pop is happy. <laughs> I think the franchise is happy, but, but uh, I mean, it's a perfect landing spot for him. Perfect. You mentioned Luca, and, you know, Luca, you, Luca was the EuroLeague MVP mm-hmm. before he came to the NBA, and there were still skeptics because the EuroLeague, it's not on here. People don't realize that, yes, that actually is the second – highest level of basketball in the world. And I think teams realize now we probably should have put more stock into what Doncic is doing at Real Madrid, as big a club as there is outside of the the NBA. The French League is obviously good, but the French League is not on that level. Obviously, his team only is playing domestically this season. He's not playing in the Euro League. So how big of a jump is he facing going from the league he's in right now to playing against the LA Clippers on opening night. Let's just throw that out there as a, as a maybe. Uh, that's, what, that's what I love about this country, actually. Victor played in EuroLeague last year. He did play. And I don't think people know that. I mean, they just find out about him after Vegas. Okay, beat the G-League team. I mean, he played great against the G-League team two times in three days, yes. But the year before, he was 17 years old. He didn't dominate the league like Luca. What Luca has done in EuroLeague is insane at that age. Nobody has done that. I played in EuroLeague before I got drafted. 
uh, Gary Nari did, Marco Berini, like a lot of guys playing Yodic. We're no near to be like top 20 players in the Yodic. He was, Ruka was the MVP and he won the damn thing. And he was final for MVP. It was, it's insane what he's done. But still, like, he's a god. He's a ball dominant god. And, and, and Luca was technically, his body was technically ready to be in the NBA. Vic is 7'5". He's still growing, actually. I think he's still growing. <laughs> I think his body needs to adapt to adjust because yeah. he's just, he just turned 19 two months ago. And I saw him, like, last year he was 17 years old. We play him in New League, facing, like, big monster guy at practice first and then in games. And I saw some stuff from him at 17 years old in the second best team in the league. I was like, okay, yes, people are going to go hide him in the NBA in two years. But he's, I mean, he's going to be ready. I mean, my rookie, I mean, I don't compare myself to him, but when I have my first training camp, when I got there, I was 19 years old. And you see that guy try to get at you. I'm like, man, I've been there two, three years ago already. <laughs> the thing when they try to bully you in practice because you're young. I mean, in Europe, we've been there two, at 15, 16 years old. So when you came to camp to the NBA, the yes, I'm stronger, I'm a man. We've been through that. So we're not intimidated by it. So but the thing is, the thing with Vic, yes, he's going to face Embiid. Yeah, Jokic, Yanis, like Zubash, guys like that, like Bam, like big dudes. Yes, it's gonna be tough for him to adjust, but tell me one 19-year-old kid at 7'5 was like, yeah, they all been through that. All of them. Besides Shaq, but all of them pretty much been through that. So it's gonna have some adjustment physically, that's for sure, but when it's going to be 22, 23, it might be crazy, actually. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Nick, when to, to hear you say that, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, like you said. It's going to have to adjust and adapt. But the way everybody is promoting him and comparing him to LeBron James, that hype, is very, it is very similar. But, we, but LeBron yeah. came in day one. And yeah. it, it, is there a concern that – because you're saying right now you still think – you know, he's, it's going to take a while, you say, when he gets 22, 23. Is there a concern that with all the hype that he's getting and his rookie year, he's not really dominating or or showing his prowess at that stage? Is there any concern that backlash will, will come after that? I mean, I mean, if you listen to people, like, they're going to wait for him to have an MB number, like 33 and 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like the kid, but I don't think it's going to happen. I hope he will. I mean, I hope he's going to operate that no numbers. But I don't think it's going to happen next year. I think I think the first year. We don't know, but maybe not. But uh, like I say, he's a seven big man guy. LeBron was ready. LeBron was like 6'8", like 240, 50-some dude, like man body ready for the NBA. Like the man was ready to go. For big guys, it's always been different, I think, for the big men. And he's a big guy. But uh, I think uh, when I heard, like, the, he's the best prospect ever, I don't really like that. I think it's, it's like a dream. You know what I mean? Like, we, we all think, like, to play basketball, we have to be tall. We have a tall guy. We play like a small guy. I mean, it's just something we've never seen before. So the biggest prospect ever... Maybe, but he's like the fantasy we always dreamed of as a basketball player. I think that's what it is. Yeah. He's just the fantasy, the dream guy you can create of somewhere. Okay, this is it. Yeah. It's more like this. Hmm. Yeah, because I haven't seen him play a ton, but everyone I talk to who has, they always bring up the movement mm-hmm. that this guy, nobody his size has ever moved like he does. Do you do you agree with that? Is that is that the accurate scouting report? Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, I, you can see the kid like bring, bring the ball up and do spin move like full speed. Even like a 60s guy can struggle to do it. So, yeah, I mean, he, he has some abilities like pretty insane for a basketball player, but for his size, it just amplifies. So what do, what do you do, Nick, as far as um, your role? At, you're, you're a mentor of his. You're somebody he looks up to. What, what do you do um, as, as a guy who's going to look after um, this guy, just like Tony Parker is going to do? What do you do? What's your role in his life moving forward? Well, every time I got a chance to talk to him and, and be around him, I was like, I have nothing to say to him, actually. I just tried. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, he got it. No, I mean, that, that's the cra- craziest part about him is you got it, bro. <laughs> You're good. No, I, I'm working out in the same gym in France every year, every summer. And that's the gym where he plays, like this year. And last summer, so I was working out before the practice. I got the, got the gym before the practice. So I used to see him like, we're walking in, you're walking out before the practice. And just by talking to him, like, I'm like, 
bro, you, you can go right now. He's ready mentally. I mean, that, that, he doesn't need advice from us, like from any of us. Maybe like how to adjust to the life in the U.S. And still, he just knows exactly what to do and how to operate. Doesn't He's not like overreact to who he is, what he can become. I don't think he doesn't. He doesn't care about people, what, what people say about him. I don't think he cares about that. The best broker of all time. He doesn't care about that. But uh, he knows. He knows he's, he's they're waiting for him. He knows that. So... I can, or I can just say to him when I see him, just, yeah, keep working on your game. I mean, you have everything to be amazing. So just keep working. You keep referring to him as Vic. Obviously, I'm sure you've caught on that in the States, we've just invented this nickname for him, Wenby. Mm -hmm. But I'm guessing that nobody in France uses that. Or I mean, maybe, maybe they, they do. They start and I doing it. Know, like, like, they start doing it, actually, now. They do. <laughs> but, but for you, I mean, among his... French peers in the NBA, you guys, that's not his nickname for you guys, is it? It's going to be a rookie for a year, so it's going to be a rook. <laughs> I, I, like everybody else, it's going to be a rookie. <laughs> so I'm going to start with rook, and then we see. But I don't think I'm going to call him Wemby. I don't think I'm going to call him like that. Vic. Vic or Victor, but Wemby, I don't think so. <laughs> you mentioned you shared earlier, you guys share the same agent, Buna India. I, I remember talking with Buna probably about three years ago and he told me he was on mm -hmm. the verge of retiring. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see yeah. that. I don't see that happening. Now. <laughs> you know what? I, I told that to my, I told that to the, I don't know if we're talking to last night. I say that I'm like, this kid, the agent was about, we talked about retirement. I'm like, yeah, he extended his career. I think Pop would be the same. I don't know if Pop was on the verge to retire. Good call. But I'm pretty sure he will stick around for a couple of years. <laughs> so this yeah, he's, <laughs> he's coaching. He's coaching to at least eighty now. Uh, he's seventy four. <laughs> coaching to at least eighty. Uh, I mean, I absolutely love international basketball, and obviously, the last couple major competitions, France has emerged as the number one team in Europe. The number one threat to the United States. I was in China in 2019 mm. when France beat the United States in the quarterfinals, sent the pop-coached U.S. to a humbling seventh at the World Cup, the lowest finish in program history with NBA players. Obviously, in the Olympics, you guys won the first game. The U.S. rebounds and wins the gold medal game. What does Victor Wembanyama do for the French national team and the USA France rivalry. I mean, he's gonna I mean he's gonna add so much stuff for us. I mean, we still have a good team, but yeah, we need fresh young players. We have a good one coming up because you see all the team around. I mean, the World Cup, for example, the, for example, in the World Cup at the next Olympics, I think it's gonna be the two great especially the Olympics, it's gonna be the greatest FIBA's competition of all time. If anybody comes, it's gonna be insane. I think it's going to be insane. But you watch teams like Australia is going to be loaded. Canada is going to be loaded. The U.S. is going to be the U.S. anyway. Spain is always there, no matter what. Serbia, I mean, they got this kid playing Denver. is not bad at all. So, and then all the guys around. Greece with Yanis. I mean, I might be missed some teams, but you know what I mean. So, when you can have, I mean, we, we're good. We're good. We've been a top four pretty much every time in every competition. No, we, we're the only team. We got a medal in the last Euro basket, World Cup, and Olympics. We're the only team we've done that. So we know we're okay. But we still need new guys because the other team got better. And when you have a guy like this, 
I mean, I take it. I'm good with it. And I can't resist asking you because I, I wrote about this in September because, like I said, I I, uh, I absolutely love international hoops, which is still, you know, in the United States, like because of the way you're describing the World Cup, I'm hoping that this World Cup is one that we really get into and, mm-hmm. and pay more attention to it than we have in the past as a basketball community. The Olympics, obviously, everybody is is dialed in for that. But in September, I wrote a story about how it's France and the USA fighting to convince Joel Embiid to to commit internationally because Joel Embiid has said he's not going to play for Cameroon where he was born. He's either going to play for the French or the United States during the season. I tried to get Joe to talk about it. He said, I'm not touching it till after the season. But I mean, you guys, you already have Rudy Gobert. You're adding Victor Wembanyama. Don't tell me you guys are also getting Joel Embiid. Shit, I'm not. What do you think? What do you think? I wish. And to be honest, I don't know. But I heard the stories. I know like it was on the verge between us and US. I know that. I I, I don't know if you took, I mean, if you took a decision or not. I, 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 to be honest, I have no idea. I know he just finished a big season, got the MVP, he got hurt at the end, got his knees stuff. So, but yes, if we had a guy like him in our roster, I might move to the Ponga position actually. But uh, <laughs> I mean, and there's room for it all. Coach Calais can handle a three-headed center rotation if that's what you end up with. All those guys play all of them. Why not move? Put Vic can play the three. <laughs> and you're and you're at the one. I'm the one. I mean, it's easy. I'm the one. I just bring the ball up. I get it inside and do what you have to do. I don't care. <laughs> how, how many more Olympics you got, Nick? One. You call it, huh? That's one. it. One. I got this World Cup. I get to this Olympics. And, you know, if, if I played those two, I would have played four Olympics, four World Cup, and got five Euros. I'm good. Mm. I think I've done enough for my country. <laughs> you served, served your country well. <laughs> Last summer, is it is it still... Is it pride? Is it anger? I mean, I, I know how I can... Well, I, I don't know. I can only imagine how badly you guys wanted to win that gold medal game. I mean, we lost, we lost. How did you come away from, from, from that? I mean, we knew. We, we, we just beat this team two times in a row. 2019 and the opening night in, uh, in the Olympics. So we knew they were, like, coming for us. And KD was amazing that game. KD had a big game. But that's a three-point game with 10 seconds to go. I mean... I know five one game. I think we down. We down. I think we cut, we cut it to two or three with two minutes to go. So we were right there. We knew we could have done it again, but no, they're amazing. Now they got weird player. They made play at the end. Draymond was good at the end for them. Remember, he made plays as Draymond only can do. But uh, they made plays, and I mean, we were mad. But no, I remember in the locker room, we were not. Nobody was sad or crying. We were like we were pissed. Like, and that's what I love about that team because, and people ask me, like, what's about French basketball? I'm like, 10 years ago, we're just happy to be there. Now we're pissed because we lost by five against the USA team at the Olympics, go with the game. That means this is where we are right now. This is where the international basketball is right now. Like, the dream team stuff is over, like, taking pictures with them. Like, we're pretty much teammates with them now. <laughs> I mean, Dame was a starting point guard, and Dame is I'm pretty close to him because we play together. I'm close to him. So I'm not impressed, technically impressed by him in a good way. You know what I mean? 
So, but now I think when we lose against, now, now you lose against the USA team, you're pissed because like, damn, maybe we could have done it. When you beat them, like, okay, we've done it, just move on, gonna keep going because next time they're gonna be try to get at us. And then you have to be ready for them and try to beat them again. But this is the, this is still the best team in the world, no matter what, no matter what they're gonna bring. They don't, they're gonna be the B team. Yeah, their B team is gonna be better, they're gonna have a better roster than anybody else anyway. <laughs> I mean, the Olympics, they didn't have Steph Curry or LeBron James or whatever. They still have KD and JT and Dame and whatever. So, but that's the beauty now about our game is it's not that the USA like is dropping, it's just the world is getting better. We're just getting better. And uh, it's one day maybe we're gonna beat them every time, but ah, maybe, and we never know, but they're still the best team in the world no matter what. This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nikki, I, I would talk about you on, on on this podcast during the playoffs. It was like a running joke for for a few episodes about how you would blame me for your yeah. team Clippers losing. When, when did when did you start to recognize that I I might be the black cat? When did you start to realize that, Nick? I think I don't know which game we play. I was like. Damn, every time I see you, we really losing. And we're in Golden State. Golden State. That's yeah. I saw you shoot around in Golden State. I'm like, yo, you're my guy, but we are all in three right now so far this year. Hey, <laughs> Nick, I was telling a story about how, you know, as a, T, as a TNT yeah. sideline reporter, I go behind you guys' bench during timeouts. 
and you just staring at me, like bugging me. I'm right by the fence. We were the great first half. I think we were like up 15. We are 15 at halftime. Like, Kawhi was great. PG was cooking. We were like up 13 or 15 at halftime. I'm like, oh. And they were on this crazy run, man. And the fourth, like, we're, like, we're down 15 now. I was like, hey. I'm like. <laughs> And I'm trying not to laugh because I'm right by your bitch. I'm right behind your bitch. So I'm trying not to laugh. I don't want people looking at me thinking I'm laughing at y'all losing. Like it's Nick's fault, man. <laughs> it's Nick's fault. Oh. Oh. But they won the. But in the playoffs, they won the first game with you there, right? They yeah, did. but hey, that's what I thought. When I knew when I knew we we're on TNT, I texted Mario. I'm like, please don't don't be in our series. Go somewhere else. I don't want to see you. <laughs> he gave he gave me a hug right after the game one win when they beat the uh with exactly. the Suns. He said, "All right, bring it in. You, you're good now." <laughs> you should have got the game ball. I should have. Yeah. I, I should yeah. have. Yeah, I, I would say Nick. There, um, with the Clippers, every everything ended abruptly. Mm-hmm. How have you processed the season and how it ended? Stuff for sure. You know, when you come in a season with huge expectation, we had. Expectation. We had big goals. I mean, you see the roster we had. You no, know, we had Kawhi was back, PG over everything. So yes, we came in the season with expectation for sure. We made some move at the trade deadline. You're like, okay, you see the roster we have, but we can be good. And then we have some good stuff. We have like good games that, you know, when PG went down and we, uh, three weeks before the playoffs, you know, that was tough. And then Kawhi went out after the second game. You no. Know, we try, I mean, we still try to fight anyway. You know, that's the beauty with Ty Lue is he's going to get us sweating no matter what. Who was on the court? So, and Russ was great as well. Russ was really, really good for us. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough when you miss like, the two best players, like, because we run everything around them. So, we try to survive. I mean, the Suns had a good team. They got it rolling. Book was amazing. KD was KD. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a tough one because we lost in five, but that's pretty much close game every time. Yeah, good series. When we didn't, we, at, at, beside game four, I think, where we see came back at the end, it was like a tie game, a close game every, every, every time. So, but we didn't do it, so I don't know what's going to happen, but we just hope we're going to get those two guys back and, and we would, because we know we can't do it. You know, we can't do it. So, so we're going to, Get take care of what we have to take care of and be ready for next season. It appears that the Suns and maybe another team or two out there are trying to steal your coach. How confident are you that the Clippers can hang on to Ty Lue? No, we know how Ty Lue is is for us. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I love that coach. He pretty much saved my career. So I told that last year. This dude saved my career. So we need him. I mean, we don't want him to go anywhere. You know, we, we respect him, we want him, we love him, and we really hope, like, that I mean, that shows you, like, like I saw some team wanted him, like, which team wanted him. I mean, that shows, like, who he is, what type of coach he is. He's a good, great, great coach. So, but that's why I want to keep him, because <laughs> I don't want him to see him. I don't want to see him in Phoenix or Milwaukee. I don't. As a Clippers, I don't want to see When that. you say he saved your career, what what did he do? Like, what what specifically did he do? No, to, what, to what happened to me, my, my, my last 18 months, because COVID happened, uh, with the Hornets. So when Steve Clifford got fired, bring like a new coach, new management, new everything. So I wasn't in their plan anywhere. So 
yeah, I was pretty much out of the league. That's what I thought. But uh, when I got waived and I signed with the Clippers, you know, I, I signed with them, to be honest. I didn't have a lot of expectation. I knew they told me to come over and I could help them sometimes. My goal was to, okay, if I can be in rotation some game, that's cool. But this dude put me in the starting lineup right away. <laughs> and they came out of the bubble, like, after a big loss. But and they had expectation to him because Marcus Morris was out. He said, no, you're going to start for us. You're going to play for us. And he put me in a situation like I could help the team because he said, yeah, you're going to play for me. Don't, don't worry. I don't care about what happened the last two years. I literally, literally don't care. Like, I know you. I know what you can bring to a team full of people like we have. I know I can mix with those guys because I know my role. I'm a just I'm a glue guy. I'm a guy who tried to fit in with what I have around me. And when you play with guys like I have in my team, it's pretty much it. Basketball is easy for me because my goal is to make their life easier. So and it works pretty well with him. And, and Nick, you talk about Lou saving your career. You got a new contract out of it. And Nick, I don't know if you know this, but I actually broke your your deal. Uh, your your contract with the Clippers, and I have to I have to admit, Batum, when a source gave me the news, it gave me the number. I said, "Are you sure that Are you sure this is right? Are you sure this this number is cor- correct? This number seems it seems it seems a little high. It seems a little high. I'm like, are you sure? And you like that the, the person was like, "Yes, yes, this this is the number." When you think about, did you did you envision that? Did you envision signing and getting another two year deal? And I, people can look up your number out there. They, they can, it's, it's public knowledge. But did you did you see this happening? I got three bigger offer. You got bigger? Is that right? Three more. Three three offer were way bigger than this one. Wait, trust me. <laughs> Your own moment. Wow. Well, yeah. okay. Well, I what? got. I had a three years, thirty five. Three years, thirty five. Nick, since we're all Nick, since we're already divulging the number, divulge the teams, Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I tried three thirty-five. So what made you? What made you go with with this deal with the Clippers? Tyler, I'm like I'm going nowhere. I'm staying with him. Really? Yeah. I'm sticking with him. I don't want to go anywhere. Else. I don't want to go. I mean, I don't care what's happening. If Kawhi PG is coming back, I mean, I just I mean, these dudes like trusted me when I was my lowest. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I told them I'm not leaving unless you kick me out. You gave me a new contract, a pretty good one. So yeah, I'm gonna stay. Of course, I'm staying. Before we let our draft expert leave. Can I ask him a soccer question? Because I know Mr. Batum likes his football. Please. I want to ask him at least one good proper footy question before we let him go. So you've had Messi at PSG for the last couple of years. I was actually, the beginning of the season, I was, uh, I was able to see PSG in a Champions League game in Israel. All three guys scored. It was the first time ever that Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar had all scored in the mm-hmm. same game. It's gotten messy for Messi. But are you going to walk away from this glad that he was there for a couple years playing for PSG? What's the put your fan cap on and tell me what tell me kind of how you how you look at this situation? You know, uh, to be as an athlete, I can understand that when you spend 20 years in one spot and you pretty much a god 
for half of those time, you were god down there and you changed to a new team and you're not the same at 34 years old. I can understand like it might be tough to adjust. So I'm not mad about it because especially when he's, when he won the World Cup against us in the middle of the season, I can understand mm -hmm. like the adjustment can be different. So I'm not mad about Messi. He tried, he came over. It was not, it was not supposed to be, I mean, he was supposed to stay in Barcelona forever anyway. He was supposed to end up like play his whole career under that jersey. He came over with us. He played some game. He tried. I was happy to see him with that the, the PSG jersey. But I don't know what's going to happen next year with him. I saw some crazy numbers also for him, like maybe going to another team. I was going back to Barcelona. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm not. We can't be mad. He's one of the greatest players of all time. So to play for us, so I just appreciate it. And and I just thought of one last thing, and then we promise to let you go. I, I got one. If, I got one. If last Victor Wembanyama can, I got one last thing. Oh, okay. If Victor Wembanyama can be all the things we we are saying he he could be, will a French athlete being that good in the NBA is that even bigger than like what Mbappe is now? Because Ooh. it's not, you know, it's not football. It's not a European sport for a Frenchman to come and conquer the NBA. How huge would that be? It might be bigger than Mbappe, actually. Mbappe can become like great. Can have like, the Ballon d'Or, he won the World Cup already, he can go anywhere, make the, all the money he wanted, he can do everything because he's that great. But if, if Victor become like whatever MVPs, rings, whatever, like all of him at the end, and he be, really become one, I mean, if everybody is online, we talk about international players. If everybody is online, because the, the best international, international player right now ever is Akim Olajuwon or Duncan Whiskey. They want him to. They are the two best in the NBA. If he beat those guys in 20 years, yes, he'd be the greatest franchise player of all time. Yes. Hmm. For, Nick, where are you at right now? You, you, you're in France That's, or are you, that, you in the L.A.? L.A. You, LA. Okay. I wanted to ask you, I saw your, your tweet, and I wanted to give you time to acknowledge acknowledge him. This is a gentleman that I saw in arenas, and I would talk to him every now and then, but I, I never knew his name. But I just, obviously, you mm. see the afro, you see him taking yeah. the photographer, so he was always a cool face to see. And uh, can you just talk about, I saw the tweet, the brother passed. I didn't know that. I saw your tweet. Yeah. Can you just, I, I guess, I give you time just to, just to, to mention him. Yeah, I heard the news about Chris. Chris was a photograph, photograph, photograph from from France. He's one of those dudes who just tried to live the the American dream. He just came over from France. Was passionate about taking pictures in the NBA. He just made his trail to the NBA. Ended up being like courtside for so many many years in NBA games. I mean, pretty much since I'm a rookie, I've seen him. Based in the lab, he'd been traveling around, and he just swapped part of the. French family because now we have like a lot of French players, we got some trainers, but we got guys like him as well, like media members and him as a photograph, taking pictures like, yeah, I mean, I know the highlights of his career, but he took the picture of you know, the LeBron dunk on Jet Terry in Boston. Mm. Gotcha. Like when Marvin LeBron played for the Miami Heat, he, he took the picture, like and that picture was everywhere. I know I knew he was really, really proud of it because that was the highlight of his work. And uh, no, he was married, got a wife now, and what happened? So I'm just 
just sad for his wife, his family, and I mean, every close one just condolences because he was a great guy. You know, I, I've been around. I mean, I talked to him, to have dinner with him a couple of times, and I heard the news yesterday. I just wanted to confirmation, like, it's not a fake. We never know what happened with Twitter or stuff like that. So, And I heard the news this morning, and I was like, it was true. So, yeah, I mean, just sad. But one of the French guy, French family in the NBA, we just lost a good guy. Going to miss him. Familiar brother. Like I said, the Afro yeah. stood out, but he was a cool dude. So mm -hmm. I, I was sad to, to see that news. So my condolences to him and his family as well. Yes, sir. Well, look, thank you for everything that you shared with us cool. today. This was fantastic to get your perspective on Victor Wembanyama, since you know you know much more about him than we do. And we appreciate your uh, your draft expertise, which Chris and I are both sorely lacking. I mean, he, could have, you he, a great could, have, he could have against some some, but you've listened to me four years ago, but hey. Nick, you know how many people come up to me and say, this kid is the next – Great thing coming up. How many times I told you that? For Luca and Vic, that's it. You did do Luca. I was a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, you did do Luca. I didn't know he was going to come yeah. and dominate that way. I knew he was going to be okay. So I'm yeah. over two. All right, I'll listen to the next one. Yes. Let me know when you see the next 14 year old. <laughs> I will not agree. <laughs> uh, Nick, we appreciate you, man, for coming on, man. And, you know, it's always a pleasure, man. And, but you know, I got nothing but love for you and the family, man. So tell the wife, I said hello. But uh, thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom Shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.